strong values and strong opinions. The Mike Broomhead Show, KTAR News, 92.3 FM and the KTAR News app. Hey, thanks again for being here. Appreciate you spending some time with the show. Had a great conversation this morning with the mayor of Yuma. His name is Doug Nichols. And we were talking about the situation on the border. As most of you know, last week we spent a lot of time talking about how it had just become a mad rush to the border trying to beat the Remain in Mexico policy. And um, there has been a lot of debate over what we should do on the border. And I'll, I will, again, the politics of this doesn't bother me because I see both sides of it and have for years and years and years. I've been down to the border when other people weren't going down there. I went down to McAllen, Texas during the Obama administration when all of those unaccompanied minors were coming across. Remember when Trump and the unaccompanied minors and the kids in cages and all of that stuff and they were showing pictures all over the Internet and how horrible Trump treated everybody. And it turned out that those were pictures taken by the Arizona Republic and shown nationally. Not their fault that they were screwed up, but those were pictures from Arizona, the Arizona Republic and those kids in cages during the Obama administration. So we have had problems on the border going all the way back to Reagan. And we've had both parties represented in the White House since then. And by the way, you want to know who was one of the biggest detractors of illegal immigration? William Jefferson Clinton. Bill Clinton gave a scathing commentary on illegal immigration during a State of the Union address where he demanded that Congress give him more money to end illegal immigration. So the idea now that stopping illegal immigration is unkind is people with such short memories of what America's like. The, the political winds have changed. That's it. The problem hasn't. The problem remains. And the problem is one of humanity. So the idea that what's happening at the border now is more humane than what happened in the previous administration, no. Neither one of them fixed the border issue. Now, when you talk to people at the border from Border Patrol or from ICE or the president of Guatemala, they will tell you they got a lot more help from the Trump administration. But. People don't want to listen to those people. I want you to hear the mayor uh, talking about good news. There was good news in Yuma this week compared to last week. The numbers have eased off quite a bit, and there's no pressure or buildup at the actual border itself causing people to to look for other ways into town. So um, they are waiting for the Border Patrol. There are between 800 to 1,000 people a day being interdicted by Border Patrol. That's still uh, multiple times higher than what our normal operating level is, but it's manageable within the system that Border Patrol has set up. And we don't have that burden of having, you know, a three-day period where we had 5,000 people coming across and clogging up the system. So from that perspective, the numbers are easing off, and we are getting more resources this week from the northern border being reassigned to help the agents that are here already. So what kind of help are they getting? We talked about the help they're getting from the northern border, and these are the numbers. Yeah, that's the numbers that um, that I've been given, and it'll probably take the full week to get everybody into town, but that would really help in a lot of ways. But the one I'm concerned about really, too, is the men and women who live here year-round, who work the border year-round, they've been under an amazing amount of pressure, um, and they need, you know, people have a limit, right? So they need to have that break. They need to have that backup. So I look forward to um, some of that happening too. Uh, Hopefully we get a reprieve through the holidays. 
CBP is going to be sending 110 agents to help with relief and added forces down on the border. We know that the governor has deployed more assets from the National Guard and from DPS, the Department of Public Safety. We had the DPS director on earlier this week that told us the statistic that is staggering. In two days, just to give you an idea of what's happening in Yuma County alone, in two days of of more enforcement and interdiction, they confiscated a little under 300 pounds of methamphetamines in two days. So that tells you the sheer amount of drugs that are crossing the border as well. What we are seeing happening at our southern border is a an American disaster. It is not kind to anyone. And I'm, I've been arguing and I love social media and I love the debate. I do. I don't when I say I don't take it seriously, I take any conversation seriously. I don't take them as insults. I don't take it personally unless someone is being overtly personal. But when you say, you know, talking about immigrants here now or talking about migrants is Republican hate speech, you're making this a partisan issue. I'm not. I am not blaming the Biden administration more than I'm blaming anyone else, except for it's worse now and they're doing nothing about it. If there had been a huge uptick in what was happening during the Trump administration and they didn't react to it, then they would be to blame for it. So what you're seeing now is a lack of adjustment to a crisis. That is not good leadership. And I don't care what political leanings you have when you are talking about Yuma County and it's swelling so much that you had five or six thousand people waiting to be processed. And I will ask the question as I asked again on social media and I've asked on the air many times. What do you say to the legitimate asylum seekers? Because when you call everybody a migrant, you're doing legal immigrants a disservice. Because there are people, and it is not an easy system to navigate, but there are people that waited their turn, they came here on a visa, they got their green card, they went through the process, they did the testing, they spent the money, they did everything was required of them to become American citizens. What do you say to them about the people that just crossed the border and say, I can't wait anymore? It's not fair. You know, on a much, obviously a much more meaningless scale, When you go to Disneyland and you have your kids in line for two hours to get on Space Mountain and some family just walks to the front of the line and someone says, you know what, they're going to be leaving soon. They can't wait anymore. You're like, my kids have been waiting for two hours. Well, they're already at the front of the line. We're just going to go ahead and let them in. There's not a business that survives that way. And that's what we're doing at the base, except it's worse. The prostitution, the human trafficking, the rape, the abuse, Um, three times last week, cartels armed to the teeth, not worried about law enforcement on the American side of the border, cross into our nation. You want to talk about an incursion? That's an incursion. You've got armed members of another country crossing our border and stealing from people, and there's no law enforcement in sight. That's an incursion. And no one, no one is speaking up and saying we have to stop this. The human trafficking element of this is so disturbing to me and heartbreaking to watch children forced into the gangs, forced into the sex trade, being treated like cargo and cattle, not even human beings. And we are doing nothing about it in the long run. 
What we're going to do in a moment is something we call Did You Hear This? If you're new, hang out because it's the biggest newsmakers and the biggest news stories in the morning all wrapped up. You'll get to hear the newsmakers and what they had to say all wrapped up in the next segment of the show. Strong values and strong opinions. The Mike Broomhead Show, KTAR News, 92.3 FM, and the KTAR News app. All right, giving you a chance to catch up on the biggest headlines on your way to lunch. We call it, Did You Hear This? Did you hear this? Broomhead's reaction to the hottest news stories. The Arizona Cardinals host the L.A. Rams on Monday Night Football. And, Mike, you asked Luke Lipinski a little earlier with 98.7 FM Arizona Sports Station if tonight's game is bigger for the first-place cards or the second-place Rams. I mean, it's big for both teams. If Arizona wins, they mathematically clinch a playoff spot, and you basically have the division locked up. So it's huge for them because, like you said, Green Bay and Tampa Bay keep winning, too. So who is this game bigger for tonight, Mike? The Rams or cards? I think in the grand scheme of how things will play out, it's bigger for the Rams because it would essentially uh, uh, um, eliminate them from the playoffs. But in the court of public opinion and for momentum's sake and for the psyche of the Cardinals and where they might play in the playoffs, which might dictate how deep they go, it's much bigger for them. Having home field advantage, having, uh, let's say, Tampa Bay, but especially Green Bay here and not going to Green Bay, Wisconsin in January is huge. Plus that bye week, it would give them an opportunity to catch a breather and really prepare for who they're going to play in the next round of the playoffs. So I think overall, maybe because I'm a Cardinals fan, I think this is much bigger for the Cardinals. All right, so uh, most people know by now that uh, Daniel Craig is about to be out as uh, James Bond. This movie that's coming out now is his last, and his predecessor may look a whole lot different. And uh, here's uh, exactly what I'm talking about as I struggle to get this cut up really quickly. Okay, his, uh, the producer for James Bond, Barbara Broccoli, joined the Girls on Film podcast and was asked... Do you still think that Bond will always be a man? I do, because I don't think that we should be making films where women are playing men. Non-binary, perhaps, maybe one day? Who knows? I mean, I think it's open, you know? I mean, we just have to find the right actor. Uh, is that really being considered a non-binary bond? All right, what does that mean? I don't. I'll Neither male nor female. Oh no, that's that they'll be identified as some another pronoun. No, I, I. I just listen. I know I'm old, and forgive me. There's boys and there's girls. There's men and there's women. I don't care if you are one and become another. I don't care. I don't care. But you're one or the other. All these other genders, I don't get it. I'm not trying to be offensive. You're just listening to an old guy that doesn't understand. You are what you are. And if you want to be something else, we got the technology to make you something else. But you got to be something. You know what I mean? And it's, you know, I understand the Ken doll didn't come with parts and neither did Barbie. But then one was a boy and one was a girl. Let's, you know, come on. Stop it. You're listening to Did You Hear This? We do it every day at this time to get you caught up on the biggest news stories. Now, I don't know how that was a big news story, but it's already got me confused, Jeremy. All right. Longtime Fox News host Chris Wallace uh, dropped this at the end of his show yesterday morning. After 18 years, I have decided to leave Fox. I want to try something new to go beyond politics to all the things I'm interested in. I'm ready for a new adventure, and I hope you'll check it out. Yeah, Wallace is joining CNN soon to launch streaming service. Now, will this be uh, will this benefit CNN more than it will hurt Fox or the other way around? Um, I don't think it hurts Fox. I don't think it's going to hurt them at all. Um, so I think it benefits CNN 
uh, a great deal, except he's going to some service called CNN Plus. It's, it's like ESPN has that right. streaming service as opposed to ESPN doing SportsCenter. You're on the streaming service. So this is either going to be a genius move because it's the wave of the future or he's going to kind of go off into the sunset and no, no one's going to pay attention anymore. And it just depends on how this service works. But the guy's got enough money, I'm sure, to do anything he wants. Jumping ship, I think CNN needs this. CNN has gone way too far in one direction. They need to start showing some balance. And I think it's more about that from them than anything else because they have lost their audience completely with the worst ratings they've seen in a long time. And so I think that's more what this is about than anything else earlier this month we told you about the lending company ceo who did this to 900 employees during a company-wide zoom call we are laying off about 15 percent of the company if you're on this call you are part of the unlucky group your employment here is terminated effective immediately all right now that ceo of better.com is temporarily stepping away from his position and the company has hired an outside firm to do a leadership assessment so did this CEO effectively fire himself by firing everyone else on that Zoom yeah, call? there is nothing temporary about this leave of absence. This guy's gone. Um, and what ends up happening is when you have a corporation that expands like this, you're the guy that started it, you're the face of it, but you have a lot of investors that are invested in your business, and your behavior dictates their profit. And when it goes viral around the world that, A, you made it about you on the Zoom call and how hard it was for you the last time you did it, and how bluntly you fire people right before Christmas, nobody wants to get a mortgage from you now. So they're going to do a whole, spend a lot of money, but this guy's gone. And he probably should be. Not because what he did was, as it was horrible, but how out of touch he was with not realizing how poorly that was going to be received by people. It was just handled poorly. The guy needs to be out. I think the timing of it, doing it right during the holiday season, too, was uh, but the way was really bad. And the, the way he did right. it was worse. You know, it was the here we are. We're gonna we're gonna have a Zoom call with everyone. He goes, "Hey, this is not easy for me." As a matter of fact, the the last time I had to do this, I cried, and I hope I'm able to get through it. And everybody's got to be thinking, "Oh, poor you." And then he said, "We got to cut about 15 percent of our workforce." And unfortunately, if you're on that call, you're one of the people, and you're terminated effective immediately. I thought, wow, that is, there is such a thing in medicine called bedside manner, where a doctor has to deliver bad news to families. But a doctor that does it in a callous way can really do a lot of damage. And a doctor that does it in a kind way can really be helpful. This was the most callous, out of touch way to do it. And I'm I'm glad this, and that's what's so sad. I had no idea who this guy is. I, I don't even remember his name. I'm glad he got fired. That's how bad that video was. Well, he hasn't been fired yet. Well, you know what? Oh, yes, right. he has. Yes, he has. He's done. Um, when you are, when you do something so stupid that the impression you give people is, man, I'm glad they fired that guy, you know it was a bad scene. It was really ugly. Uh, coming up in a moment, we're going to talk about inflation and the economy and offsetting policies. I've done this once before today, but I think more than anything else, it's beginning to resonate with people. And it's why the president's poll numbers are so low. Can they fix it? We'll talk about it next. Strong values and strong opinions. The Mike Broomhead Show, KTAR News, 92.3 FM and the KTAR News app. 
Hey, thanks for being here. When reporters were asking Jen Psaki, who is the White House press secretary, about inflation and about the Build Back Better bill, I want you to hear a little bit of the interaction between her and a reporter. Um, this, again, has to do with policy and agenda and the ideology that goes into creating the policy you think to attack a problem. The president said just a few moments ago that he thought that inflation may be at its peak right now. Is that the determination of your economic team when they look, when they analyze kind of the state of play in the market right now? Or where is he kind of basing it? What's he basing it on? Well, I, I think if the president were standing here, is that would be that we, of course, uh, defer to the Federal Reserve uh, and their assessments that they make as they make predictions about inflation. They are predicting, as outside economists are, that inflation will come down next year. And... Uh, That's not what a lot of economists are saying. They're saying it could be a couple of years. But also, let's say it does start to drop. How quickly will it drop? How far will it drop? They're not addressing that issue. But more than that, I want you to hear about the the plans of the Build Back Better. And this is, again, this is the ideology, the belief that spending trillions more. And there's a couple of reasons why I disagree with the idea. But listen very closely about what they believe spending trillions more dollars are going to do. What we need to do now is think about what we're going to do about rising costs. What is our plan to address rising costs? You saw every single Republican in the House vote against Build Back Better. What were they voting against? Yes, they were voting against the president's agenda. They were also voting against lowering costs. They were voting against lowering costs for child care, lowering costs for elder care, lowering costs for health care. The best way to lower costs is to make it less expensive for businesses to do business. That makes sense to most people. When you lower the costs of goods, when you lower the cost of services, you lower the cost of doing business. When government, um, when people are not strapped with government compliance, it's one of the things that happened during the Trump administration. For all the negative things that were said about that administration, we saw things economically we hadn't seen in decades and decades and decades, which is we saw historically low unemployment. People that wanted to work across every demographic. This was men, women, different races, different ages, different education statuses. Even people that had been incarcerated were seeing record number of employment availability to them. We also saw dramatic wage increase happening without inflation. So now we've got wage increases, but we have inflation that is outpacing the wage increases. The other part of this and the Build Back Better bill that they continue to talk about is they continue to talk about all of the jobs it's created. We've got 3.6 million more jobs in America than we have people that want to do them. So let me be devil's advocate. If you've got a government job, now there is a thing most of you are familiar with when there is a government project. And it's called prevailing wage, which means on a lot of these most government projects, you are required to pay your employees a prevailing wage, what the union wage would be where you are. So it costs a lot more money because the material uh, to build a post office, because the material that they require that you use is usually top of the line. But they also require that you pay prevailing wage, which is usually more money 
per hour than you're paying some of your employees now. That doesn't mean you're not paying your employees well. This is usually a higher wage. So let me be devil's advocate. We've got 3.6 million jobs that Americans are not doing right now. It is you ask just about any employer in any sector right now what is the most difficult part of what they're doing. They will tell you getting qualified people to work. So now you're going to create prevailing wage jobs so that those private sector workers are going to go work in public sector for these jobs with prevailing wage. So you're going to take from the private sector. And so what what good at at a place where there's three point six million jobs when you hear the president of the United States, when you go back to the Obama administration. So you had the end of the Bush administration, the construction market, the housing bubble burst, the housing, the construction market crashed here in Arizona. It was detrimental to every industry more so than a lot of other places, but it was damaging to our economy like it was around the rest of the country. The Great Recession. And we heard from the Obama administration, we need to spend money on what? Infrastructure. It's always infrastructure. We had to spend, we had to do the big spending plans then in order to create jobs. On the freeways here in Arizona, there were signs everywhere that said shovel ready projects. These are provided, you know, these are all provided with the stimulus dollars. And all of that money was to create jobs for Americans that weren't working because there had been such job loss because of the crash of our economy. Now we've got a situation with 3.6 million more jobs available than Americans are willing to take. You add the element of giveaways, of of child tax credits, and every month, if you've got a child under this age, you get a check for this month, and once over this age, you get a check for this much, and you've got people being paid to stay home. So now in order to keep that program going and keep those families dependent on that money, you're going to have to raise taxes on the wage creators, on the job creators, in order to pay people to sit home so that they're not doing the job that those job creators need so that they can pay their taxes. That's my view of this. It is a double, it's a double whammy to the whole plan. You're going to take private sector jobs away with these build back better jobs and you've got 3.6 million openings what benefit is it to the country to create jobs what we need to be doing is have people fill these opportunities you you truly sunset i understand and agreed with the fact that we had to keep people afloat whether it was ppp loans or it was stimulus money or whatever it was because the government shut down our economy and when the government shut down the economy you had to keep people afloat it wasn't fair not to there is a difference between that and saying if you have a child we're going to send you 300 bucks a month or whatever it is Because there are a lot of people that don't have to work the other job, that don't have to work a full-time job. They are complacent and happy to sit home. Not everyone. There are a lot of people that are enthusiastic and they are uh, upwardly mobile and they're always looking at improving their, their career and their station in life. But there are a lot of people that just don't want to go to work. So you're going to create a situation where you're going to take more money from the job creators, and then you're going to take away the opportunity to hire people. It doesn't make any sense. Not to me. Maybe it does to you. I want to see people be able to afford health care. But what does that look like? Is it a priority thing? Again, we are spoiled in America. The average American household has more televisions in it than people. 
And when you factor in the other screens between laptops and everything else, it's not even close. So that's part of what it is to be a working class in America. We have free phone programs for homeless people. We have other programs where we're giving things because you can't survive without having a smartphone. That's where you do business. That's how you live. But American poverty is different. Low-income people in America are different. So are you have some expensive cell phone plan and high-speed internet and all these other conveniences at your house and multiple televisions and Netflix and all these other streaming services, but then you say you can't afford child care? Well, that's not fair to put that on the American people either. And I've been in a situation where my mother made no money. I'm not talking as a silver spoon kid guessing. I'm telling you, I've seen what it's like for a single mother try to raise three kids and feed three kids and not know how she was going to pull it off without any government help. None. And there's a way to make people proud that they survived and overcame by themselves and not enslave them by putting them and make them dependent on the government. I think it's detrimental to our economy. I think it's detrimental to everything we do. You couple this with the next topic, which is jobs, hospital beds, and COVID-19 statistics, and you see what the issues are. We'll get to that in just a moment. Strong values and strong opinions. The Mike Broomhead Show, KTAR News, 92.3 FM, and the KTAR News app. All right, the goal, the goal in Arizona has been to get unvaccinated people uh, comfortable with taking the vaccine. Um, I'm not going to talk about the good and bad of it. I'm going to talk about the goal of it. The goal has been Dr. Richard Carmona was brought on board to try to convince people to get vaccinated. They believe that that is the fastest and best pathway out of COVID-19. So to give you the idea of where we are in Arizona, I went and looked at the numbers this morning on vaccination levels, and it is directly tied to age groups. The younger you are, the less likely you are to be vaccinated. The older you are, the more likely you are. So the from the extremes, under 20 years of age, our population is 27.9% vaccinated under the age of 20. Over the age of 65, it's 98.6. The strange thing about it is it also bears out that way in new cases. Over the weekend, There were 2,300 new cases of people under the age of 21. They make up 24% of new cases over the weekend. Oldest, 1129 or 12%, half of that. Half as many new cases. But if you want to see where we are missing the boat and when we're talking to people about the importance of protecting themselves, there was 2% of hospitalizations And zero percent, there were zero new deaths recorded over the weekend under the age of 20. And they only accounted for two percent of new hospitalizations, 24 percent of cases, two percent of hospitalizations. The other way around, 12 percent of cases, 46 percent of hospitalizations, almost half of all hospitalizations recorded over the weekend were people over 65 and 62 percent of all new deaths. So if the goal is getting people vaccinated, we are missing the boat when we are we are we are mandating and talking about younger people. The mandates have become a political issue and an anger issue. Since when do you hear people on when was the last time I agreed with Black Lives Matter about something? 
Let's think about it. You too, maybe. They're against mandates, vaccine mandates. The unions for both the NYPD and FDNY, unions, strong labor unions, telling their members, don't stand for mandates. In Pima County, you've got a sergeant with the corrections, Department of Corrections, that says we are going to have to empty our jails because you are going to have so many members of the of of the correction staff that are not going to get vaccinated that if this vaccine mandate stays in place we're going to have to empty the jails you got uh, the sheriff saying it's going to diminish the agency dramatically there are now hospital groups that are stopping the mandates because we are not just concerned about how many hospital beds are available we're concerned about staffing for those hospital beds So are we or are we not targeting the wrong people? They're 98 percent vaccinated and it shows that they are not the lowest. Well, if you if you combine them in age groups, they are definitely the lowest because the other groups are in 10 year increments. And 65 plus is definitely a 20 year increment or 25 years in the way that they're looking at this. But they are far and away the smallest group of 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 infection. But they are far and away the highest in hospitalizations and deaths. Why aren't we saying to older people, and again, this is talking about your overall health, if you are overweight, if your doctor is telling you you're borderline obese, you got to worry about being diabetic, you got to worry about these other things, why wouldn't this be a time where people are saying one of the easiest things you can do to protect yourself from hospitalization and death from COVID is to lose weight? To get, in, get to a healthier weight. We're not doing any of that. We're telling young people, you're horrible people if you don't get vaccinated. You're a horrible parent if you don't vaccinate your child. And you're a horrible adult if you're a young adult and have a family. And you're not getting vaccinated because an older person can get it from you. And instead of that approach, why aren't we saying to older people, just look at the numbers. Look at the numbers. And and then when you look at those numbers and say, now compare those numbers of hospitalizations and deaths to vaccinated versus unvaccinated among older people. I'm just giving you a different approach. I'm not telling you whether it's good or bad to get vaccinated. I'm telling you, look at their approach. The mandates are crushing business and crushing industry and crushing works worker, you know, the workforce. And they're not doing anything. They're not helping. So when the plan's not working, good leaders change the plan. I'll be back tomorrow morning starting at 8 o'clock. I am at Broomhead KTAR on Twitter and Mike Broomhead on Instagram. Back tomorrow at 8. Have a great day, everyone. Go Cardinals. God bless.